Blog Talk Radio. Footprints. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and a special welcome to the callers and chatters to the show tonight. This show will provide individuals interested in genealogy and history an opportunity to listen, learn, and take action. Well, tonight's show is about the images of America. African Americans in Tangipahoa and St. Helena Parishes. And my guest is Dr. Antoinette Harrell, a renowned genealogist and local historian of the two parishes. She is an author and the producer and host of the Nurturing Our Roots Genealogy television talk show. Her research on the subjects of peonage and involuntary servitude has been featured in many media publications. She is committed to preserving the oral histories of images of African-American culture in St. Helena and Tangipahoa parishes. So I'm going to just turn this show over to her because I am so so excited about hearing Antoinette talk to us tonight and tell us about how she even went about gathering the beautiful pictures and the stories for this book. So, Antoinette, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bernice, for having me. And once again, congratulations on your book and happy Women History Month. What a great time Thank for your you book so to be published. Oh, yes, yes it, it really is. So tell us, what inspired you to publish your book? Well, Bernice, a couple of, I would say a year ago, I met with Dr. Uh, Nicholas out of Tanford Hall Parish, who was a former professor at Southeastern University, and we had lunch, and he said, well, Antoinette, I heard about a lot of the work that you're doing in the Florida parishes, well, these two Florida parishes, that is, and he wanted to talk to me about Miss Baham's book and sort of suggested that I consider some of the images that I had collected over the years, compiling them in this book, entitled Images of America. And I thought about it for a week, and I said, you know what? It's a great place to put all the photographs that I had collected in the book. Wow. So I was just talking to you about 
the cover. So I see you covered Tangipahoa and St. Helena Parishes. So tell us how difficult was it for you to, to really cover both of those areas? Well, because it's a wide area, I mean, it's really large to travel. Traveling was my biggest challenge that I had there because uh, it's the two parishes and, of course, some of the areas that I had to travel to meet some of the people with images uh, that I had seen for the first time. That was the greatest challenge that I had, uh, which was traveling and bringing, you know, packing up my computer, my portable scanner, and just allowing my time myself to spend as much time in someone's home uh, that they wanted to have me there to scan their photographs and sort of look in their photographs uh, in their album or their collection and see which photographs would fit what the specifications for the book calls for. And most of the images in the book had to be, you know, images that was dated. Uh, some of my images started in the late 1800s. And I worked myself up to the last chapter of the book with more recent photographs. Oh, okay. So you you do have very old pictures. How did people um, react to you when you informed them that you were looking for images for those two parishes? Well, word of mouth for one, and then I used mm -hmm. all of my social media sites. What I did, I created a flyer, and I put it on all of my social media sites uh, because a lot of people, I'm friends with a lot of people on Facebook in those two parishes. And so I would make sure, like once a week, I would make sure that I reposted and reposted and sort of talk to someone that is a, um, I would say, a someone that everybody knows in the community because it was very important to establish trust that I was not going to take the photographs. That was the main thing. And so mm -hmm. I think what happened, when I went to the main two people, they would get on the phone and say, no, no, she's not taking the photographs. She would bring her computer and scanner and give them right back to you. And the word got out quickly that I was not going to take people's photographs. Mm -hmm. Which is very important. Very, <clears throat> Bernice, is very important because if someone say that you have taken that photograph and you did not return it, I mean, word of mouth, it, you know, it, it travels real fast. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it was very mm -hmm. important to establish trust with people. And uh, with doing that, I also had to get a release form, have it available, and have people to actually give me permission to use the uh, book. And that was a guideline coming from the publishing company that I had to follow. And it was my responsibility to make sure of and make sure that everything was right. Uh, and But later on in the show, I'll tell you some of the things that, uh, but it was very important to establish a relationship with people in the community uh, and have them to trust you that you was not going to take their photographs and not return it. Right. And I, I really didn't want anyone to give me their photographs because when you think about it, now you're collecting photographs and the books all the books are 127 pages, and mm -hmm. there's 240 images that can be placed in that book. And if you don't, if you have someone to give you the photographs in an envelope or mail them to you, it's your responsibility to mail them back to them. 
as well as make sure that you do not get any of those those photographs crossed up in another folder. That was so very. How long so I didn't did want to take, take you. Any. Right, because that's it a took, lot of images. Yeah, well, a lot of images that I had. But let me tell you what happened. I scanned them in JPEG and had to go back and and scan them in TIFF. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was pretty challenging because most of the photographs, out of not knowing, you learn as you go along. I had to mm-hmm. go back and scan them the way that they needed them to be. So because the quality was not what they was looking for in JPEG, so it had to be in TIFF. Right, and that wasn't a part of the guideline up front to tell you you had to do them in TIFF. Well, see, I had already had, I had already scanned a lot of these images prior to that. Mm -hmm. So I had Mm -hmm. to actually contact people, and then there was times I had to actually go and make a print of it and rescan it myself because some of the people I could not, I mean, that was years ago that some of these photographs, you know, I had, I couldn't even remember uh, where I got some of those photographs from because it had been so long. We're talking about 15 Mm. years. Oh, wow. So how did you handle the release on those pictures that you had received 15 years ago? Well, a lot of them I would just put like the Harrell family because it was very old pictures. And Mm -hmm. it was, you know, some of them was like 1904 or something like that. But I mm-hmm. just could not remember because it had been so long, and I had to go into my external hard drives and pull out some of those photographs. Oh, wow. Now, there's a question mm-hmm. from the chat. They want to know, did people send – did anybody mail any images to you? Yes, I had one lady to do that. She mailed images to me after the book was finished. So what I did, because there has to be a second book, because there's so many images that came in after the book was completed. So what I did, I scanned them, and the next day I put it back in the mail and had her to sign that she received it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I, you know, I will accept them that way, but I really prefer not to. Uh, and, and what I would advise people to do before they do that, if you had to take a photograph, with your camera, you know, with your phone or camera to do that, just in case something get lost in the mail, you know, because it happens That's every true. day. Right, yeah. You have to cover yourself, too. So were the people excited to have the photos of their loved ones in the book? Oh, yeah. I, You know, the pride that I uh, saw on the people's faces and just the conversation of seeing family members. But some people saw family members and in the book that they had no idea that, oh, my grandmother's in that book, you know, mm. and so people were sharing a book. I had a, a very nice book signing in the library, really sort of supported me a lot. So I'm getting a lot of support in the churches. And being that it was, first of all, uh, Black History Month, and so the book was released during the time from January to now was my peak point to sell the book. Mm-hmm. And so because of Black History Month And so uh, once the word got out in the parish about the book And people would share with other people I saw your grandmother, I saw your aunt in the book Well, they wanted to get a copy of the book 
Of course. And for those people who didn't see their ancestors in the book, what did I had they that say? Too. <laughs> well, a lot of people feel, well, you know, well, why is it that my family is not in the book? And my response to them was, I tried to do my best to get the word out. But there will be a second book because there were so many pictures that came in after the decision. And some of the pictures uh, that I thought would make the book really didn't make it. I don't know why. What because I, well, what went, Tell us yes, the Yes, I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I did. I select the, the images based upon the chapters that I had outlined. Now, pictures that I thought was really good quality of pictures, well, it didn't pass with the publishing company. Okay. And I don't know why, because I've seen books that did not have pictures, you know, with great quality, look kind of blurry. So I guess that's mm-hmm. to the individual person that's working with you. That's up to their discretion. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go back for a minute and tell us about just the publishing company. So to to publish a book like that, would you have to put up upfront fees? Yes, it's a contract that you. Yes, it is. You sign maybe like a ten-page contract. Uh, there was an eight hundred dollar fee that I oh. had to put up front. Mm-hmm. Altogether, it may cost you three thousand dollars to publish this book. And then once you purchase so many books for yourself, uh, you will make. Your money, some of your money back. All the books sell at the same price, so you don't set the price for the book. All the books sell at twenty one ninety nine. If you go online, you'll see twenty one ninety nine. And mm-hmm. so when you get it at the author's price, you can sell the book, um, not over twenty one, but try to stay within that range so that you can make some of your money back. And so um, that was. It was worth it for me to do it because of all the images and it was needed in these two parishes. Uh, mm-hmm. But, of course, if there would have been a genealogy society in this area, it would have been a great task for us to take on. But, of course, it wasn't. And I really did. I wasn't up to forming, you know, an organization. I just wanted to get it done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so you put up the upfront. Uh, fees for the book, and then how many chapters are in the book? Well, you really can't go over uh, everything is pretty much outlined like a template, you know. It is a template that you follow. And in my book, I chose um, nine chapters, and I just mm-hmm. want to name some of the chapters because sure. I I really – when scanning the photographs, I knew what chapter they would fit. For instance, African-American families in Louisiana, Florida parishes, education in Tangipahoa and St. Helena parishes, African-American churches, they served, fought, and died in the military, civil rights leaders and African-American politicians, women and men of Tangipahoa and St. Helena parishes, African-American farmers of the Florida parishes, African-American business and entertainers, and who are they? And so every time I scan a picture, I would create a folder, and I would put that photograph in that folder. Now, 
if I had to do this all over again, there would be some things I would be I would do differently. But this was my first time, and it can be sort of intimidating because it's your first time, mm-hmm. and you have all these things to read, and you have to make sure that you understand when you're scanning what dimensions it needs to be in, you know, um, all those things, the grayscale, everything had to be scanned in grayscale. And so with that, you have to put text to the image. So you have to make sure that the text is right. Now, if I had to do all over again, I would have some forms, prepare the forms, and have that person to uh, fill that form in. Matter of fact, I would rather that they do it on a computer because you may not be able to read their writing. And so Mm -hmm. have them to write about the image rather than take your notes on it. Because that person will say, oh, that's not what I told you. That's not the mm-hmm. name. You, you, you see, and you want to make sure if you have them to write it, print it out, and submit it to you. And then they will sign that at the end. This is what they gave you. So the only thing that you would do is copy that same text to that image. That's right. That's right. Which which makes a lot of sense. Plus, it also sounds like it's a lot, it's more efficient to just have them write it out rather than, as you said, you kind of using your notes to put to the to the image. They're right, you and what, then what they mm-hmm. and 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 they may say something, and then oh, I I, I had the name wrong, so I would say for my second time around. That's the one thing, that's the most important lesson that I learned. Now, let me tell you, they're very strict on your deadlines. So I would advise so tell us anybody. Tell your deadlines. Mm-hmm. Your deadlines. When you mm-hmm. sign a contract, the contract will spell out to you that each, for each step that you have to take, there is a deadline for that, that step. Mm-hmm. And you sign when you sign the contract, you are saying, okay, the first thing that you have to do is get your book cover done. And what the first thing they ask of you is to send ten images to see if those. No, I had to send twenty. If those twenty images is what they're looking for, give us a sample of what you're working with, or what you have, and then you will send those images, and they'll say, okay, yes. And then the second thing you have to send to them, an image for the cover. Mm-hmm. And because they need a space at the top to put images of America, African Americans, Pantry Hole, and St. Helena. And every image has to have more than one person. Oh, it has to yeah, have very a group strict. Of people. Very uh-huh. strict. So did mm-hmm. you submit a proposal to your publishing company to develop this program, or did they reach out to you? No. Once I had lunch with Dr. Howard Nichols, okay. I contact them. Okay. And when I contact them, they put me in contact with a representative. And that representative said, okay, well, give me your email. They took my information. They gave me an email. I mean, they sent me an email with all of the specifications and the contract to look it over to make sure that's something I really want to do. 
Mm-hmm. That was something I really so, wanted to do. Right. So I want to go back to your chapters because you, you named the, the nine chapters. But why did you choose to create those specific chapters? Well, the, the photographs that I had kind of told the story because mm-hmm. in Tantraho and St. Helena, there is little to none anything about the history of people of African descent in those two parishes, especially, you know, the black churches played a major part in the black community. And some mm-hmm. of the churches had a long-standing history, 150 years. And, you know, they have their church programs, but there's nothing, there's not a history book or any published book from any author on any of the history in the parish. And so even with the first um, African-American person being the mayor of Ponchatoula, which was Arthur Tasker, so few people knew, knew about Arthur Tasker. Very little people knew about what happened in uh, Ponchatoula with the first and only African-American mayor to this day. Now, with the schools, there was a lot of pictures because integration, a lot of photographs was destroyed. But I was so fortunate to find photographs that dated back to the early 1900s, Mm. 1920, 1930, before integration. So I was really surprised uh, at the amount of photographs that I found from some of the colored schools that they called Mm -hmm. them. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of most of my images for the schools came out of uh, Punchatula, Amit, a few from O.W. Dillon, and Saint Helena, because of people who served as a queen of the school or some type of court, or the teachers, the educators. So that's how I got a lot of those images. Right, and so you you made a statement about. You could not have an image unless they had more than one person. So that means no image in your book is one person? No, the cover now. We're speaking about the cover. The cover oh, the of the book cover. cannot be. Okay. Yeah, the cover okay. of the book cannot the be of any okay. single person. And something gotcha. else I need to point out now, you can integrate your family throughout the book, but it cannot be specifically a genealogical book or genealogy book on your family. Mm-hmm. They tell you that up front. It has to be because they're in the business of selling books. Mm-hmm. And so if you make it about your family, it's not a wide thing. You you need to really make it about the community. And so because I often talk about community gene- genealogy, I consider this to be community genealogy. Okay, so looks like we have a, a caller that's calling in with a question. Uh, you're at Erico 504. You have a question or a comment? Yes, good evening. You're live. Uh, 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 a question um, to the to the guest. Uh, in that area of the state of Louisiana, uh, you know, many black people have this last name, Broomfield. Now, I don't know if they all are related, but it's just for some reason when you meet somebody from St. Helena, uh, Amid, Tangent, before that little area, they have the name Broomfield and Varnado, or some say Vanada or Varnado. Have you yes. come across oh, how yeah. so <laughs> Yes. Yeah, the Broomfield fa- family and the Varnado 
is a very large family. And when you speak about St. Helena and Tangeville Parish, especially on the northern end of the parish, the Broomfields is a large family. I think it's one of the largest families, to be honest with you. And the Volado family, which came over from Mississippi, um, around Tallatown, that area, Walthall County, Mississippi, over into Louisiana, into the um, the Florida parishes that we're talking about. But I'm very familiar with those names. Okay, and right. McGee, that's another one, McGee. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. I, I'm I'm going to, uh, where can I purchase your book again, the recent one? On, yeah, on Amazon. Okay. And thank I will you. put, yeah, I will definitely put it in the in the chat room. Okay. Thank you. Okay, thank you for calling in. Okay, so um, now you mentioned that with integration, many of the school images were destroyed. Did they have, like, yearbooks and um, any kind of reunions that the schools had that you could still find images of the schools? I found a yearbook for O.W. Dillon Training School, which was the oldest, Training Negro training school is what they call it in the South. Um, I found the 1952 yearbook, but I was really I found a lot of information from teachers who you know every year the students were coming. I got to get my favorite teacher a photograph, and so I found a lot of images like that in the homes of some of the retired educators. Mm-hmm. Especially those teachers that was part of integration. But if you was to look in the library, or if you was to look in Southeastern Center for Louisiana Studies, you will not find those images there. So that was a rare treasure to find those images. And so I really tried to do my best to scan a lot of those images. Now, all of them did not make the book because the chapters, you know, you can only have so many pages, but it will be in the second book. And also at this time, the ones that I have used, I'm going to print them and make 8 by 10s and put them in Southeastern now. Okay, and that's that's with the Antoinette Harrell collection? Is that that's what you're yes, saying? Yes, yes, mm-hmm, and with mm-hmm. with that, I was able to get one of the retired school teachers to open up a new collection in his name, which is Dr. Uh, Kinsley Garrison. And so I have to call tomorrow to see if they are through processing his collection because he has a very rich collection. Him and his wife both was educators in the Tangerhole Parish School System. Wow. That alone, it just seems like if all the teachers would get together, you would have probably a wonderful book to talk about how education took place in the, in those two Florida parishes. Mm-hmm. The educators was really open, but I tried to get more images on the Masons because that was a real, you know, uh, important organization in both of these parishes. The, the Eastern Stars, I had a few mm-hmm. on them, but um, I hope that this one person will open up and let me just scan some of the files of the Eastern Stars and the Masons. Oh, now that and would the be most wonderful. Important, 
and something else is very important too, Bernice, is that you really have to scan these documents while the person can identify them because most people who are in these images uh, is very few people can identify all the people in these images, you know. So I'm hoping that this family really understand the importance of sharing uh, because a lot of the libraries are in people's homes. And, mm-hmm. you know, we we have to do more with trying to encourage them and educate them along the way as to why it's important to share it. And so my a lot of my social media pages is about sharing. So that, and people share, and because I did that, a lot of people are sharing photographs with me on social media. Which is wonderful. Are you getting people to identify on the back of the photographs who's in those pictures? Well, what they're not writing on the back of the pictures. Uh, I just think that at this time, just getting them to, this is what we're organizing right now. We're organizing an event at the library. And when we're asking people to bring their images, and during that time, we would teach them how to label the pictures. So we'll scan mm-hmm. them, and we would definitely have that person to identify everybody in the picture, tell us when the event took place, and what type of event this is, and photo courtesy of. Yes. Now, we have a comment from the chat room, and it's from James Morgan the Third, And James Morgan just published his book, The Lost Empire, Black uh, Freemasonry in the Old West. And he is saying that, you know, it would have been good if, if you all, you two maybe could have collaborated on just what you're finding with the Masons since you're saying it's such a large group there. That that would have been wonderful. So I hope that you two can connect because he has a lot of images in his book, The Lost Empire. But I don't think there are any there there are no images in there from Louisiana because his focus was on the old West. Yeah, and see, my focus was on the area where my ancestors and the community which my ancestors lived in. And right. it was just a dire need for it. And so um, I really wanted my my emphasis to be focused on St. Helena and Tangipahoa Parish. Tangipahoa, Tangipahoa. Yeah. So tell yeah. us about some of your challenges. The challenges I faced exactly was people changing. No, that's not, I gave you the wrong name. Um, oh, and okay. and you do and you do have you do have a certain amount of time that you can change things. Well, I was happy that I had that time to do it. But once you approve it and you sign off on the contract, that step in the contract, you cannot go back and change things. So that's why I said to here to all of uh, your listeners, if anyone decide to do a book. I would definitely say to them, create a form and ask them if they want to submit a picture to 
type the text or sit with you and get it done. But do not let them handwrite it and do not type it over the phone because you may miss something. And when you Uh finish, you have them to read it, proofread it twice, and then sign it. Uh Uh Which is wonderful advice. Yes, I would definitely say that because it when you first look at the contract, yes, it could be intimidating, almost to the point. So, oh, why should I have a lawyer to look at this? Uh, because each sale that they sell of the book, you get a percent. So you need to understand mm-hmm. what percentages you get out of the sale. Mm-hmm. And also, too. Um, I was able to go to local stores here, and some of the people called me for the book to mm-hmm. put it in a drugstore, um, the local bookstores. You know, it's up to you. So they'll ask you to give you to give them a list of all the people that will sell the book. So if you submit that list to them, you cannot go to that bookstore and ask them to sell the book because you put them on the book, on that, for them to contact um, that person. Oh, wow. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what's the incentive to you other than you say you may get a little little royalty, but what's the incentive for you to say, well, I'm not going to give them the name of this drugstore because I'm going to take books to the drugstore. Well, you don't have to. That's completely up to you. Oh, when when okay. you are filling out the, the form that they will send you, you do not have to submit that information. That's mm-hmm. up to you to mm-hmm. do that. I would advise you not to. Now, you mentioned doing a second book. Will you have to turn around and pay another $800 and then the 3000 or whatever to get the second book published? It depends on how many books you want to buy for oh. yourself. Yes, but you okay. will have to pay the $800. The $800 is the deposit to start working on the book because, you see, you work with different departments. You move on mm-hmm. to the next department once you finish the first department, like the forwards for your book, the acknowledgments for your book, um, oh, wow. also your chapter outlines. Now, you can come back and change your chapter's outline, but they mm-hmm. just need to have a sample of, what are you, you know, example, what are the name of your chapters? So you do have to submit that, but you can change that. It's not edged in stone. Mm-hmm. So each each step of your book has a deadline. And you may be able to go two or three days over, but you cannot be 30 days over because then it pushes your contract um, because you have a deadline for your book to be published. Mhm. Well, it, that and deadline does that. discipline you too, and even the chapters discipline you to move forward. So, how long did this process-wise? How long did it take you to do the entire book and publish this book? I would say eleven months uh, to do it. Uh, from everything that I had to do, eleven months, and then I had to wait. You know. Uh, publishing of the book But I think the second book would be so much easier For me because now I know What to expect I know what right. type of pictures they would be looking for um, 
you know, that's it would be easier. So I got my feet wet. I learned as I went along because there was no one I can go to, so I basically just had to read the contract over and over again to make mm-hmm. sure that, okay, I got this right, I got that right. And, you know, scanning the pictures, that was another thing, too, because you just have to make sure that you're scanning in the right format because if you don't, you cannot scan in JPEG and then go into your file and say, okay, how do I want to save this? You can't do it that way. You just – they for somehow, I don't know how they can detect it, but if you try to turn a JPEG into a TIFF, they will not accept that. So you have to send it in a TIFF. You have to. You have to. So tell us about the community. How has the community uh, received this book? The community is so happy and proud because they feel like for the very first time, our story is being told. Mm. That's the, it, It's like this is about us. This is for us. This is with us. This is our history. This is our story. And it's just, for me, it's like, okay, it's a gift to the community. Mm-hmm. And along the way, I met some beautiful people, people who are basically selling the book for me. Mm-hmm. And they're buying the book to give to other family members. Oh, yes. I mean, just looking at some the, of these images, I can I can see people buying this book and giving it to other people. I mean, it's right. a legacy. I, it's definitely it's a, a legacy. legacy in here. Yes, yes, indeed. And so let me tell you something. I have more Caucasian ahead. people buying the book just as well. Yeah, because it's, mm-hmm. But tell people about this community because, you know, I don't know how many people even understand or know where the Florida parishes are located, but... Tell people a little about this community, because you're not talking at a place with a small number of African Americans. No. Um, in Louisiana, it's in the southeast, uh, southeast Louisiana. Um, tans- well, first of all, let me say this. Saint, I had to include St. Helena, because St. Helena is older than Tangible Hole Parish. There's no way I could have just said just tangible hope. But and and I want to say this before I get you do not have to only put image. I mean, an image of of a photograph. It could be documents. Oh, okay. You know, if if someone had a photograph of a NAACP card, you could put that in there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can put things of that nature. But Saint Helena. Is the old is old was established in 1803. No, I'm I'm I don't forgot Bernice when, but it's older than Tangible Hope Parish. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. So I had mm-hmm. to go there because most African American people come out of St. Helena, Liverston, and they migrated over into Tangible Hope Parish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So I and had to do a lot of driving. Let me just say that. In this, yeah, and the main industry in this parish was what? In, in well, first of all, let me say this. There's no industry in St. Helena. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and in Tanshaw Parish, we can look at Kentwood Water Plant. We have the Perina um, plant, but we don't have a lot of industry here in this part of Southeast Louisiana. We have Southeastern University, so there's not a big industry that draw people here. Most families that's in Tangeville Parish have been in Tangeville Parish since the founding Tangeville Parish. And let me also say this: we're celebrating the 150th anniversary of Tangeville Parish right now. So it's a year-long festivity, and that gives me a year long to sell books. <laughs> Well, it's a year long to celebrate the African American presence. Also, that's right. Because I mean, I, I remember when I was uh, driving to St. Helena Parish, I saw these big trucks logging. I mean, hauling wood, lumber. And so I yep. said, okay, so timber is something that's big in this parish. Or it appears yeah, for the most part timber. in Mississippi, yeah, because they come in. A lot of those timber companies come out of Mississippi. Now it used to be, it used to be a lot of sawmills here. Uh, mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was the job industry was the sawmills, you know. But you don't find too many sawmills still in operation right now, you know. Uh, and and you know, speaking about the sawmills, I just got a phone call from Eddie Pons, who is the publisher and editor of the drum newspaper. Well, one of the people who own a sawmill company contacted him and said to him, I have a lot of things, documents you would like to see. Well, they made an appointment. He took his computer and his scanner, and he scanned a lot of documents. And these documents were from the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s at the sawmill. So I said, well, Eddie, what are you going to do with that? He's going to make a something like a database with mm-hmm. the people names who worked at this sawmill because we lost a lot of information about the sawmill companies. Mm-hmm. We lost a lot, a lot because that's where a lot of African American men worked in the sawmills. Well, it would really and, be and good the to have that database. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes, the railroad too. The railroad, right? And the railroad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in the railroad. So uh, I'm just so happy that the book has really opened up a lot of people and not just African-American people to talk about images and bring images out of their house. You know, some of the domestic women who was working as domestic women in the houses, some of their their photographs are coming out now because some Mm -hmm. of, the Caucasian families are saying, oh, yeah, I have some pictures I would like to give you. Oh, that's nice. Well, now, Antoinette, since you're talking about a second book, are you looking at the same types of chapters or are you going to have a different focus? Oh, it's going to be different focus, definitely a different focus on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Speaking about the railroads, I'm talking about the railroads. So, uh, the second book will have a lot of it's 
I want to see more doc. I want to see documents and images in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, like crop And when you say images, and, you mean documents and photos of people. You want to see yes. more of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to see it because some people had some very good records in their homes, and I felt, and after looking at some of the other books that was published, I saw that they also uh, incorporated some of the copies of documents in their book, and I would like to do that too because that was very important. But most important is I'm really working very hard to encourage some of the people who I've met in their 80s mm-hmm. to open up a collection at the Center for Louisiana in their name because they have so much. Let me give you a case in point, a woman uh, in St. Helena. She was a civil rights activist. Um, when her mom died, Andrew Young came to the funeral. And so a lot of the records and uh, and people really wouldn't think that the civil rights took place in Tangerahoe and St. Helena. So I'm going to have a big focus on the civil rights movement, uh, the sharecropping movement, domestic workers, um, the railroad, and also I mentioned earlier about um, the, um, what was that, the Eastern Stars? Mm-hmm. And the I Masons, definitely yeah. Like it. And the Masons, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it's That's really, I mean, important. you're capturing this this history that definitely will be lost if somebody does not record it, put it in writing. Yes, and that's what I realized. That's what I realized, mm-hmm. and that's what really uh, inspired me to do this because I realized as a researcher, as a genealogist, any information we can find about our families is important. And there's still so many stones that we have not turned over. And yes. there's, you know, there's still a lot of information that is not in in the library or the state archives or, you know, the universities because people are still holding on to that, that information in their homes. Mm-hmm. So, um mm-hmm. And certainly, I want to add a chapter for the Choctaw Indians in this area. Good. That, mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and after I do that book, then I'm done with that part of it because we're collecting the oral history as well and having that transcribed for the library. Um, and that can't wait, Bernice, because the people who – we are interviewing, they're in their 80s and their 90s. So that's really important, you know. Oh, so that, that I, is. And when you yeah. say collecting the oral history, are you recording the people or is somebody writing down what they're saying? No, we're recording it mm-hmm. through video and audio. Great. And going through the library, the library is transcribing it. So... Um, there's a there's a project that we call Color of Tantra Hole Project, which mm-hmm. we started last year. And what I would do is go out to community and find the people who 
who I feel that we should really hear what they have to say. And then mm-hmm. not only do they transcribe it, but it's turned into a podcast as well. And oh, they can go okay. to the library website and listen to it as well. Mm-hmm. And so what we do, we write down the questions and ask them, of course, the surname, you know, when was you born, tell me about your mother name, full name, maiden name, all all the questions that we know as genealogists is important if someone is looking for their family. So besides mm-hmm. the book, preserving the images, I am also working on preserving the oral history. And just recently, there was two organizations that was organized in the parish. One with Eddie Pons, which is the African American Historical Society, and then there's another young woman. Uh, she's organizing the Tantra Whole Historic Association, but her focus is everyone. Uh, she's Caucasian, so her focus is everyone. With uh, Mr. Pons, is the emphasis upon the African American community because there's somebody that is doing the uh, Italian community and the Sicilian mm-hmm. community. So everyone is working now to bring out their history in this 150 years. So that's really great. I mean, I'm very excited that we are making some progress, you know, really making some, some progress. Right, and I'm really excited also because, you know, when I was looking for information on St. Helena Parish, you were the person I turned to. And so now you are gathering even more information to help people, people like me who started off, you know, many years ago trying to make sense of what I was told about my family members from St. Helena and Livingston Parish. So, Antoinette, I think you have really done an outstanding job just pulling your community together, and this book is is just excellent. And I love it. And please tell people about your cover because the cover is beautiful. Well, the, the, and thank you. Uh, matter of fact, there is one person still living on the cover of the book, and this was a, a civic association out of Punchatoula, Louisiana. And these women did a lot of wonderful things in the community. And one of the ladies, uh, Ms. Badan, who's my dear friend, she's in her 90s, she just opened up her home and said, well, baby, whatever you need, I'll do my best to try to help you, you know. Mm-hmm. And I definitely mm-hmm. would like to see a collection of Ms. Badan because I have so many pictures just like the one on the cover of the book. And, yes. of course, I had to send them Five images to choose from, and they chose this one. And they chose well. It is a it is yeah. a beautiful picture. Well, and like I said, it's always a good show. picture. Oh yes. So, do you have any closing remarks before we close out tonight? <laughs> yes, I would like to thank you, Bernice, for having me on your show, and congratulations. And I just want to say to you that. Because you're part of St. Helena. You're part of Livingston. You're part of not only Orleans, but Tangible Hole, too. So it is so good to see that there's another book that speaks to the life and the events surrounding African-American families. So I want to thank you and thank all of uh, the, the uh, people in the audience that was listening tonight. 
and I hope that the tips that I gave, and I'm open if anyone is considering writing a book, you can contact me at 504-858-4658, and I'll be happy to consult with you on trying to do this in your community as well. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Harrell, for calling, call, coming on tonight and for sharing this information with us. And everyone else, please remember, well, your ancestors left footprints, and you should follow those clues that are presented to you through oral history, family records, and research at the National Archives and beyond. Now, you can continue this discussion on the research at the National Archives and beyond and the Afrogenius Facebook pages. And also remember to listen to the African Roots podcast with Angela Walton Raji and also watch for the Black Progen Live with host Nika Soul Smith. Thank you so much for joining Ancestors Footprints Blog Talk Radio, and I look forward to all of you joining me next week. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett. Good night, everyone. Good night, Dr. Harrell.